I think the Lord does a really good job, and I'll tell you, what a big job to take care of some of us, though, isn't it? And uh, I thank the Lord he's able to take care of us uh, every day. Five important things, five important things we find here in the Word of God. Let's ask God to help us. Now, Father, again, just bless, speak to us, Lord. Uh, we've had a few minutes here together now, and I pray that you'll fit this message for every one of us. And, uh, Lord, that... Um, it might encourage us, it might get us to think a little bit, and Lord, maybe get some things right, and Lord, maybe somebody needs to be saved today. So Father, I pray that you'd have your will and way, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. What a wonderful Bible we have, and as we come to the end of it, and I've not been preaching through all of Revelation or anything like that, but I just reading here, I come across this, and I thought, boy, these are so important, and it just impressed me that uh, the Lord gave it to us here. And these are truths that we can find in the Word of God other places, but there is He closes the Bible out. He gives us some very important things. And I think about the whole Bible, it's, it's so full of promises. And I'm so, isn't it refreshing to know there are promises that are kept? Amen. Amen. You say, well, who does that? God does that. God does that. My, the promises the, the, the politicians make, I don't even, used to let it go in one ear and out the other. I don't even let it go in one ear, amen, just right over the top of my head. Because I know that's not going to happen, but I know this. My God will keep all of his promises. He always has, and he will. I know some folks may say, well, he hasn't come back yet, but he's promised he would, and he will. Just as much as he promised, as the word of God promised us, there would be a Messiah, and he came. And just on time, just what was supposed to happen. But I look in the Word of God and I find many promises, but I also find many warnings in the Bible. And, uh, uh, and not only that, but instructions that he gives us. And thank the Lord for the instructions. You know, we, we think about all, th- all different things of life. And uh, we've got two, two uh, ladies in our church, and I guess and two men too, really. But uh, couples are going to get married. And you know what? There's an instruction book on marriage. It's the Word of God. It's the word of God. And uh, I think about, you know, for those that are married, the rest of us that already took that leap, a good leap. Amen? We took that leap, what happened? And, and, and there's instruction for that too. And then what happens? Then we have children, and then, then we, we look and think, man, what am I going to do? Got kids now. There's instruction for that. There's instruction about everything, even instruction about making sure when we go or die, that place called heaven. But I look and I think, you know, the Bible is so full of guidance for every aspect of life. And I thought, wouldn't it be something if America got back to the Word of God? I mean, I'm thankful for the Constitution, but there was something more important than the Constitution. And I believe our forefathers were looking to this book when they were taking care of the Constitution. But I think, wouldn't it be something if we got back to the Bible? And so here in the last book of the Bible, the last chapter, in the last verses, we find five very important things that God wants to remind us as this book closes. And today, I'd like for us to kind of look at them too and uh, examine those things and see how important they are as we look at the five last things. If we go to verse number 17 again, you'll notice it said, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Now let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come and I love this and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely what I find here the first thing is this it's the last invitation the last invitation 
And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it is something here that we find throughout the Word of God the way of salvation. Now, of course, I know in the Old Testament it was a little bit different how that they did things. But then Jesus was, all those things in the Old Testament was a picture of our Savior, the Messiah. And I, I, I think about how that, you know, people were looking forward all those years looking for the Messiah and he finally came. But what happens, Jesus fulfilled all those things. People would take a lamb. Remember, a lamb that was without blemish. Picture of Jesus who was without sin. They would take that lamb and they would sacrifice and they would put the blood. Remember there in the Exodus there when, when, when uh, they had to put the blood over the doorpost and on the doorpost and the mantle of the door. And what happens, that blood was a picture of what Jesus would do. And all through the Old Testament we saw the sacrifices and then what happens, we come New Testament time, we find that our Savior was born. And by the way, he was born of a virgin. Not just a young woman, that could be anything, but it was a virgin. Just like the Bible had told us in the book of Isaiah. And Jesus was born, and then he lived that perfect life, never one time sinned, 33 and a half years, perfect life. Can you imagine that? I mean, when he was a little boy, he didn't sin. That's hard for us to imagine, isn't it? But he never did. I mean, he never said one bad word, never did anything wrong. As a teenager, he behaved himself so well. You say, preacher, that's almost impossible. All things are possible with God. Well, by the way, he was God. He was God in the flesh. But I think about how that God made sure that salvation was a picture all through the word of God. And here we come to the end of the book. In the last book, the last chapter, the last few words, and there we find an invitation. We always have an invitation at the end of the service, don't we? You know why? Because I want to make sure it's open for people to come and trust Christ. The invitation goes to the end. I thought that was interesting here. But here's the thing. We don't know when the end is for each and every one of us. You know, I look and I say, well, God gives the invitation all the way to the end of the book. And I think God gives us an invitation to get saved while we're alive. But there's going to come a time, it's appointed unto man, the Bible says, wants to die. I just believe this too. I believe sometimes we get to a place where you don't even hear the word of God anymore. And when the spirit of God speaks and says you need to be saved and conviction comes that we say no long enough that we don't even feel it anymore, hear it anymore. I wonder sometimes why anyone would want to take a chance and allow the time of salvation to pass by. You all heard my testimony. I was 17 when I got saved, but I grew up in church. I'm sure God gave me plenty of chances to be saved. But I don't believe God just gives chance after chance after chance. I believe there comes a time when that time is up. You say, preacher, when should I get saved? Now. The Bible says now is the time of salvation. You say, well, I might have more time. You might, but there's a lot of people, their names are in the obituaries today that thought they had more time. One of the things that really got to me was a, was a, was a young teenage boy in our youth group. Todd Cunningham was his name. And Todd decided one day, what was he, 14? I think it was, 14 years old. They got in a car with some friends on a Friday night and they decided to go out and they were crossing Route 30 out there. It's a divided highway. And they got over the first two lanes. And then when they went into the next two, a car came along and hit them. And Todd was killed. I'd only been to funerals of old people before. This was the first funeral I went to. And I saw a teenager, 14. I was 17. I always thought, you know, only old people die. But people could die at any age. 
made me stop and think, you know what, if I died, where would I go? And I put it off. I was still being stubborn. But as on my testimony, you know it is August 11th, 1971. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Accepted Christ as my Savior. I'm glad that night God spoke to my heart. I remember in the invitation time, I didn't go forward. The invitation time, Paul Levine was preaching, and I, I, I held on to the pew, and I, I knew I needed to be saved, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. So we got back to the bunkhouse, and finally that night, almost midnight, I bowed my head and asked Jesus to save me. And you know what happened? That very moment, he saved my soul. I didn't know how much longer I'd have. I used to think I had a long time because everybody else in our big church had died, had gray hair. And I, I looked at mine, and it was still blonde at that time. And I realized that 14-year-old died. I could die at any time. Salvation is open to you as long as you're breathing. You better answer the call and trust Christ as your Savior. Maybe the last time you'll hear the word of God. Maybe the last time that you'll feel the burden that God puts on you about salvation. Sometimes people turn God off and they say, well, someday, someday, someday. But it's kind of like, you know, the, the sound that I use oftentimes the illustration, the sound of the railroad. You hear it when you first move close to it, but then after a while you don't hear it anymore. And I wonder sometimes if maybe Christians get, or people, church folks get that way where we, we go to church and we hear the gospel being preached and we hear it, we hear it to where the Spirit of God says, you know you're not saved. You say, but I, but I think, you know, I grew up in church, but the Spirit of God says, you know you're not saved. And, and you turn it off, turn it off to finally you don't even hear it anymore. Salvation's offered, but it may be close to that time. It could be the last invitation. When you think about it, Jesus did it all, paid it all. Salvation's complete in Christ. Salvation is not by how good we can be. I mean, time's out so many. We find folks say, well, I think I go to heaven because I'm really good. No, we're just good enough for hell. You think about how that salvation's complete. No man, no man like you and I could die for sins. Only Jesus could, who had the pure blood of God. He who knew no sin was able to shed his precious blood for our sins. Aren't you glad you're saved this morning? Aren't you glad? But you know, you may be sitting here and say, Preacher, you know what? I even said amen a moment ago, but I know in my heart I'm really not saved. Now this morning, I'm not trying to talk you out of your salvation. I'm getting you a hope to stop and look and say, Am I really saved? You say, well, my mom said I'm saved. I wouldn't go by what your mom says. I'd go by what the Spirit of God says. I'd go by knowing what I did. When I think about Jesus on the cross of Calvary, he did everything. In fact, when he died on that cross there, what was his last words there? He said, it is finished. I'm glad he finished the work of salvation. I can't finish it. He already did. The gospel message is something you don't add to or take away from. It's the gospel. And I like what it said there. It said, and the spirit and the bride say, come. I'm so thankful that the spirit of God says, come. The Bible says in John 6, no man can come to me except the father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. I'm glad the spirit of God speaks to us. I'm glad, that, you know, sometimes people say, I just don't like conviction. Well, y'all thank God for conviction. It's the spirit of God speaking to your heart about it. Thank the Lord when you hear that. So you get things right. The Spirit of God says come, but also the bride says come. I think about the church. 
I think about the church needs to preach the gospel to all, all uh, everybody they find and tell them how they can come. I think about the other week, that man uh, down, down the road here talking to him and asked if he died, he'd go to heaven. He goes, well, I hope so. I, I think I might. And his reason was because he thought he was so good. But thank the Lord we were able to be there. And I said, can I show you in the Bible how you can know for sure? And he said, sure, come on in. I'm telling you what, I really like that, especially on a real cold day. And it was one of those days. And the way, way soul went in, I told my wife, I said, I hope someone invites us in. And I, I was being selfish about that. But I got to go inside and we got to take the Bible and show that man how to be saved. You know, I told him there, I said, God's calling you. God wants you to be saved. I'm glad the spirit calls, but I know this, the bride or the church needs to call too and say you need to be saved. That's why we tell folks about the Lord. That's why I'm preaching this morning, this, this sermon. I want you to know you're going to heaven. Bible says in Romans 10, 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You say, well, preacher, you know, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. But all of us can preach the word of God. All of us can give the message. Oh, our gospel. Thank the Lord for the gospel. It's not hid. It's hid to the lost, the Bible says, but you know what? Something that's hid to the lost can be revealed by someone who's found it. Yeah? Any you ever lose anything before? Any men in this room lost anything before? And then you were realizing how wonderful it is to have a wife. <laughs> Ladies, I hate to tell you this. This is the reason we got married. So you could help us find things. Now, one day I lost my hunting license years and years ago. My wife wasn't too thrilled about me wanting to go hunting that day. She wanted to spend time with me, and you could understand how wonderful that would be. And I said, "Hun, I can't find my license. And I said, I know I had it. And she just, I looked and looked, and she looked, couldn't find my hunting license. And then when it was almost dark, wasn't it, that afternoon, all of a sudden we're sitting on the couch, and I'm still groaning and moaning about it. I can't find my license. I don't know where that's at. I don't know what I did with it. Must have thrown it away. And all of a sudden she goes, oh. I remember. I said, you remember? She goes, yes. And she went and she found it. Do you think maybe that was a plan? <laughs> now, she did find it. I didn't get to go hunting that day. But you know what? After that, I dead sure didn't let that hunting license get out of my sight. Amen. I want to make sure and surely not around her. But, uh, but you, you know what? She found it. How many times? I go, honey, I can't find this and I can't find that. She said, you look in the drawer. I did, but you come and look. And she comes, she finds it. You know, there's a lot of people today, they're wanting to go to heaven. And they go down to a church and say, hey, I want to go to heaven. Preacher says, well, you just be the best person you possibly can. Why, if you give to the poor, you'll probably make it. Why, if you're good to people and just treat everybody like you want to be treated, you go to heaven. That's not what the Bible says to go to heaven. Now, that's good things to do, but we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But there are people all over now. They'll go down to the, the Catholic Church and they'll take their sacraments, believing the priest changes that, that bread into the body, the actual body of Christ, and that, that wine that they use into the, into the blood of Jesus. They drink that blood and eat that body and think they have eternal life. That's not it. It's the finished work of Christ, what he did on the cross of Calvary. Yet those people are saying, I want to go to heaven someday. Some are climbing upstairs till their knees are bloody on their knees. And their blood's rushing from their knees, thinking that somehow, someway, they'll make their way to heaven. And there's only one way. What can wash away my sin? 
Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. The bride says, come. That's our job as a, as a church. Tell folks about Christ. We were saying the other week on our anniversary, I wonder how many tracts we've given out in these four years. I mean, I brought in boxes and boxes. We used to have them printed here in town, and, and then now it's a lot cheaper getting printed somewhere else online. You can get them. But I don't know how many times I'd come back and, in Lakemont. Remember, we used to drive up Lakemont, and I'd get boxes and boxes of tracts. We would take them out and give them to people. You know, you say, why do you do all that? Why spend all that money? You want to tell people how to be saved. I know they won't come to our church, but I'll tell you what, I, I as the church, we as the church, need to give the gospel out to those who may never come to church. The bride says, come. But the Bible said also, and let him that heareth say, come. Again, we have read, we have heard, and we've received those words, that word come. You know, I'm glad I heard the gospel. Faith cometh by hearing. Aren't you glad you heard it? You put your faith in Christ. And that's what he said there. He said, let him that hear us say come. We that are saved need to go and tell folks about the Lord. And let them know they need to be saved too. You know, I mean, I mean really when it comes down to it, how in the world can we keep silent when we know there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. How can we keep silent? So many folks, family, friends, neighbors, people we don't even know. I was telling you about that man two weeks ago. I had no idea. Never met the man before. He was way back in the boondocks back there and took this lane back through. But you know what? There was somebody who needed to hear. And somebody had heard. That was us soul winners. We'd heard it. And we wanted to take what we heard to them. You know what that man was saying? I'm doing the best I can. He'd been searching because he wanted to go to heaven. Thank the Lord, the way is Jesus. And we can take it. How can we keep silent when we know there's a literal hell? And there is. You know, the world today, people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to say that hell is literal. It is. It's a place of burning fire. It's amazing Amazing when you when you listen to people and they're so they think they're so smart and really they're so dumb. There's a hill that burns with fire. Jesus told us that. He warned us about it in his word. Thank the Lord we can tell people. How can we keep silent? You notice what he said in verse 17 there also. He said, and, and, and after after that, and he that heareth say, Come. Notice the next part, and let him that is a thirst come. And let him that is a thirst. You know, I think about that, that, that it goes on there and says, And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. You know, how, how wonderful it is to have the water of life. And you can take it freely. Isn't that great? We were in a Cracker Barrel the other day. And we ordered our food. We got ready to pay. And we looked at the bill. And what was it for coffee? $3.90 something? 320-something. My story sounds better, 390-something. But uh, 320-something. I'm thinking, good night for a cup of coffee. Remember, you used to be able to get it for a dollar? 
Maybe some of you are so old it was like a, a wooden nickel. I don't know. But remember, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I think, you know, if I want a cup of, a cup of coffee, you know, over $3 a cup, I'm thinking, how crazy is that? And you know what we do, us cheapskates? You go to a restaurant, they go, can I get you something to drink? What do we say? Water. And then the real cheapskates, you know what you do? Can you have lemons with it too? Because you expect to get the lemons free. Oh, you freeloaders. Well, I mess up water with a lemon anyhow, amen? But isn't it great to have the free water and the water of life? The water of life is free. I don't have to pay for my salvation. I receive it. Like that lady at Cracker Barrel brings that glass of water and sets it down on that table. You check your bill out. There is no bill for your water yet. They make up for it on when you get your coffee. Yeah. Free. You can come, and I like what it said, whosoever. I don't care what your background is. Lord Jesus Christ died for everybody. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. We can take that free water. And you know what the thing about that water is? It's satisfying. He that is thirsty for the water of life can come through that door that is open. That's what the Lord said. Come. Come. And like I said, it's free. It's free. If you can, go back with me to Isaiah. If not, just listen to it. I'll read it to you when I get there. But Isaiah chapter number 55, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says here, Ho, everyone that is thirst that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that ye may that ye, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me and hear. And your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting, oh, aren't you glad it's everlasting, an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Also, we find that there is the last invitation. But then there's also this. There's the last warning, verse number 18 and 19, back in Revelation. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things... God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Wow. And if any man shall take away from the words of, this, of the book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. The last warning. He said, preacher, what's that all about? Simply put this way. Don't mess with the book. Don't mess with the book. I preached the other day about, you know, don't mess with God's people. Remember what God was saying about, about there, about, remember David there, and it was problems that, the, that, that they were giving him as enemies. And, and David was saying, God, get them. Don't mess with God's book, although there's a lot of messing with God's book today. We're not to mess with it. It doesn't need correcting because there's nothing wrong with it. Deuteronomy 4.2 says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, Neither shall you diminish aught from it, 
that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. I like Proverbs 30, verse 5. I made it my life verse. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. But verse 6 says this too. It says, and thou shalt, and, and thou not, add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Don't mess with the word. Again, think, we're at the end, the last book of the Bible, the last chapter, the last verses. He says, you need to come, but make sure this. Don't you dare mess with my word. Don't you dare mess with my word. Many are so busy trying to correct the Bible when they should be allowing the Bible to correct them. It's not the Bible's wrong, I'm wrong. My Bible can correct me. It's sad how many don't take heed to that warning, though. I guess they think they're smarter than God. Nobody's smarter than God. God said, don't take away from it. Don't add to it the word of God. There's a lot today that think that because they have higher education. I'm not against higher education, but I'll tell you what. If any higher education takes you away from the word of God, takes you away from God, it's the wrong education. The warning's there. Don't mess with the words of the prophecy. Thank the Lord today we are able to have the word of God in our hands right now. I don't realize, I think we sometimes don't realize how blessed we are to have this old King James Bible in our hands. How God has preserved it for all these years. Isn't it amazing? You read history, you know what they did? They've been trying forever to get rid of this book. And the book still goes on. It's a miracle book. It's God's word. It's God breathed, I believe. Don't mess with this book. We find, I thought was interesting there in verses 18 and 19, I underlined the two word, the word words. He said in verse 19, uh, shall take away from the words of the book. In verse 19, I'm sorry. And then verse 18, he says, unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy, every word is important. So, preacher, you know, but, but we have the idea of what it is, but we're not to, we're not to go by what the idea is. We've got to go by what the words are. Words change the idea, the message. The warning was given for words. People say, well, you know, the new versions today, all they're doing really, preacher, is changing words. Well, I read verse 18 and 19. I find God says don't do that. Pretty dangerous thing to do, doesn't it sound like it to you? Because I remind you, Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God, every word of God is pure. I'm glad I got an every word Bible. Amen. And so I find five things. One is an invitation, the last invitation. I find the last warning. But then in verse number 20, I find the last promise. He which testifieth these things saith, love this promise, don't you? Surely I come quickly. I'm looking forward to that coming. I'm looking forward to our Lord. I, I mean, the trumpet could sound. Bible said, you know, we'll rise and no clouds. And there's a lot of clouds out there today which would work out just fine. But I'm telling you right now, the Lord could come today. We could rise to be with him. Oh, wait a minute. Unless you're saved, you'd be left behind. The end would be there. But the Lord said, this is the promise that he's coming again. You know, surely as Jesus came the first time, he will come the second time, won't he? He'll come on, and here's the thing, he'll come on time. Amen. Our electric went out this morning, just for a moment. 
And I, I, I walked back into the, into the bedroom there, get ready, and I looked, and my clock said 1 o'clock. You know what? I thought, man, I am either, either really early or really late. But I knew the electric had gone out, and what happened? It had been out for an hour before I went back in there, and that clock said 1 o'clock. You know what? God has no problem with time. A thousand years is like a day. A day is like a thousand years to God. God says, I know time is not like what you think, but I'm going to tell you this. God is on time. When it's time for the Lord to come, he will come again. Just like when he came to this earth, when Jesus came, he came exactly at the right time. I'm so glad that he's on time. He said in John 14, 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I'm glad the Lord made that promise. He's preparing a place for us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I mean, a place for us. You, ever, you know, sometimes you make reservations. And you go there, maybe that motel or hotel. His eyes have reservations here. They go, I'm sorry, I can't find your name here. Boy, all of a sudden, they, go, they don't have any rooms. That's a, sad, that's, a, that's a sad thing, but you know what? This, that's only for one night, usually. You know what would be sad? Not to, have a re, not to have a reservation in heaven. You say, well, how do I make a reservation? You trust Jesus as your Savior. You make that reservation. And the Lord said, I'm making you a promise. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, I think about that. I think, can you imagine how beautiful heaven's going to be? I try to imagine it, but I know I, I'm not doing it justice. I believe it's more beautiful than what we could ever think. And God's preparing it for us. You, you, think, you think when we get to heaven, the Lord's going to say, look around. I think so. And say, Lord, is that my mansion? That's your mansion. Now, you folks that had a different Bible, you have an apartment over there, but you folks got a King James, you got a mansion, amen. He said, you got a mansion, that's your mansion. Can you imagine that walk in there? He said, well, I'm not really worried about it. You know what? what's exciting about it? It's going to be awesome, and I think we're going to be excited about it. One of the reasons why is because who built it for us? Who made it for us? How wonderful God is to say, I want a bunch of sinners that deserve to go to hell to come and live with me. For God so loved the world, didn't he? He said, I want you to live with me. I think, and I think, why would God want me to be with him for eternity? I can't think of a good reason other than this, which is the best reason. Because he loves me. I'm glad God loves old sinners like you and I. And then the fourth thing is the last prayer. He, verse 20, he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. And then there's a period. He's talking about that, but here, here's, here's what I thought was kind of neat about it. Then we have the word, what? What's it say? Amen. Oh, I love when a church says amen. I, love it. I tricked you into that one, didn't I? But it starts out, amen, even so come Lord Jesus. The apostle writes here, it's kind of like his last prayer, and he starts it with amen. When we pray, usually we end our prayer with amen. He starts it with amen. I thought it was rather interesting there. 
You see, the word amen means let it be so. And then what does he sow? Let it be so. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The Lord just said, surely I come quickly. The apostle says, amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I'm looking for that day when he does come. That trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him. We're getting closer to that time. I think about it as we get older. Some of you younger folks don't get it like us older people do. As you get older, talking with the Detweilers. They can't get around much anymore. A lot of health problems. You know what they're looking forward to? Not the football game today. Looking forward to going to heaven. You know what I'm sure their prayer is? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I got a feeling in this room there's a lot of folks probably prayed that today too. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Lord, this world's a mess and we're looking forward to being with you. Some of you have heartache, burden, widows, widowers. There's that lonely spot. Boy, you know, the Lord come, that'd be great, be reunited again. The last prayer. And then lastly, the last of the last here, the last benediction. The last benediction. Verse 21, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And there's that word again, amen. The benediction is the closing prayer of the gathering of God's people. And I like what he said there. And the second word in that verse, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I am so thankful for the grace of God, aren't you? I mean to think of that wonderful grace. Without grace, we'd be on our way to hell. And I think there's a lot of people in hell right now that were trying the best to work their way. When God said, it's by grace. It's not anything you can do. Your works are like filthy rags. But God said, my son shed his blood for you. So you can be saved. I thought what a way to end the book. Yes the book of Revelation. Yes the end of the 66 books. Of the word of God. The grace. We're saved by grace. We live by grace. We die by grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be with you all. As he closes it out, he says, so be it. I sure am looking forward to us coming again. I don't know about you, but I get so tired of the things going on in this old world the way it is. The hatred, immorality, just in your face all the time. I think, Lord, how good it'll be. But then I realize, you know what? I've got to be a part of the bride saying, come. Come to Jesus. I'm one that's heard the word of God. I need to say come hear the word of God. So that people can come and drink of the water of life. I thank the Lord for these five last things. In the last book of the Bible. The last few verses. That God shares with us today. But here would be the thing as we close. 
I spent a lot of time talking about salvation. He said, preacher, we're all saved. Well, I hope so. I pray. But people thought I was saved when I was 16 and 15 and on. But I was lost. You know, if the Spirit of God speaks to your heart this morning, you say, you know what? I just don't know for sure. Today would be the great day to be saved, wouldn't it? For what you have before you right now is a preacher that says, a Christian, a preacher, that says this, come. Come to Christ. You're thirsty. Drink of the water of life, and you'll be satisfied. How wonderful it is to be saved, isn't it? How wonderful it is to be able to serve the Lord, and how wonderful it is to tell others about Christ. Five last things in the Word of God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for what you've spoken to us about this morning. And I pray, Lord, I don't, I don't know everybody's heart. I can't see a person's heart. But I know how I deceived so long. I used to say I was saved, and I knew I wasn't. I was going along with everybody but and playing the part. But I never really put my complete faith and trust in you for salvation. Lord, I pray if there's somebody in this room, I don't care who it is. If there's somebody in this room who's not sure of salvation, I pray that today they would come at this invitation time and let us show them in the Bible how to be saved. Father, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray for us Christians this morning that we would understand that we have a task, and that's to share the gospel. How many friends or relatives our neighbors, people we come in contact with each day are on their way to a burning, fiery hell. And we won't even say, come. Come and trust Jesus. Lord, help us to give that invitation to those around us. Now, while our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning, I ask again, as I always do, I wonder, if you were to die, I hope you have a long, long life. I really do. But if you were to die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I wonder if there'd be anyone in this room this morning say, Preacher, I'll be honest, I'm not positive about it. You can be this morning. I wonder if there'd be anyone with an uplifted hand say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure about that, but I'd like to settle that today. Pray for me, preacher. Would you slip it up, anyone this morning? Anyone? I said, preacher, I'd be embarrassed. I wouldn't go to hell over the worry of being embarrassed. Trust him and know today. Christians, you say, preacher, I know the Lord is my Savior. I know I'm going to heaven. Why don't you join the group that says, come? You've heard it. You know what it is. You have it. Why not join up with the Spirit of God and tell others? Come to Jesus. There's a lot of lost folks out there that we need to reach for Christ. And up to the very end here, God brings it up to us again in the book of Revelation. Maybe this morning, God spoke to your heart. Maybe, I mean, when was the last time you witnessed to somebody? When was the last time you handed a track out? I mean, when was the last time you just got somebody, your family member, a friend, neighbor and just said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something real important. Just share with them the gospel. 
You know what that is? It's just caring about them. Maybe God speak to your heart this morning and lay somebody on your heart. Maybe this week you ought to decide, you know what, I'm going to go to them and talk to them and share with them how to be saved. That very stranger that you might run into at the store, you can hand them a track. So, well, what if they don't get saved? But at least you gave them a chance. You were able to say, in a sense, come. Come to Christ. If God spoke to your heart this morning, this invitation, the altar will be open. You come pray. You need to pray about something. You come right ahead. And again, if you're not sure of salvation, come and let me know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that your will will be done. Speak to us, Lord. If there's somebody, somebody in this room that's not sure of salvation, may they get sure today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.